Take your uh, Bibles this morning, turn to the uh, Old Testament book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 4. It's there that uh, we are going to read a first nine verses of scripture there, and then we're going to uh, close out the text in verse 20 through 24 in just a moment. These next uh, two weeks, we are going to spend uh, on Joshua, so kind of like a, a, a just a mini-series. And uh, as I was just reflecting back upon Memorial Day's uh, past, uh, I, I thought there's probably not a, a, a more fitting uh, text for Memorial Day, as far as I'm concerned, uh, than Joshua chapter 4. Uh, so some things today might be a little repetitive, but Shakespeare said that there's sermon in stones, and the definition of preaching is to remind mankind of what mankind is constantly uh, forgetting. And so today we kind of have uh, a memorial uh, type uh, of, of sermon. Most of us have probably heard this story, but uh, it's about a guy, his name was John, and he had a really horrible memory. Anybody here got a horrible memory? Yeah, well, one day John ran into this friend whom he had not seen in a long time, and he greeted him and said, Bill, do you remember what a bad memory I had? And Bill answered, yes. He said, yes, I, I certainly do. Well, it's, it's not bad anymore. I, I went to this seminar that taught us taught us how to remember things, and it was a great seminar, and now I have a wonderful memory. Bill answered, that's great. What was the name of the seminar? <laughs> well, John said, wait a minute. My wife went with me. I'll ask her. And he turned, and he saw his wife nearby. Then he turned back to Bill, and he said, what's the name of that flower with a long stem and thorns and a red bloom? Do you mean a rose, Bill answered? Yeah, thanks, John said. Hey, Rose, what was that seminar <laughs> we attended? You know, our faith has important memory places to mentally visit. Our experiences of accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, our baptism is a, an essential memory place for us sometimes to revisit our steps of growth toward maturity, our memory of times of rich blessings. Sometimes we remember painful mistakes. There's an old song written actually as a, as a, as a folk song uh, in the early 19th century which expresses our longing, expresses our longing for memory places. It says, precious memories, how they often flood my soul. It says, in the stillness of the midnight, precious sacred scenes unfold. As I travel on life's pathway, know not what the years may hold. As I ponder, hope grows fonder, precious memory fills my soul. You know, Memorial Day allows us to reflect on some memory places. Sometimes they're memory places that contain value, and, and sometimes they're those great experiences, and sometimes there's those painful experiences. But what we need to see today is that the story is in the stones. The story is in the stones. 
And what I want you to go out of here this morning with, next week we're going to look at the crossing over and we're going to go back and kind of look at Joshua 3. And so we're kind of a little bit out of order. We're going to look at Joshua 4 this week and, and we're going to concentrate on, on, on Joshua 3 next week. But uh, because of Memorial Day, I want us to kind of start at the end and then we'll work our way back uh, to chapter 3. But I want you to think this morning uh, on the lines of the story is in the stones. The story is in the stones. So let's, uh, let's stand this morning and let's read out of Joshua 4, those first nine verses, and then we'll close out the text 20 through 24. This is the inspired word of God. In this word is the power to change lives. Joshua 4, beginning with verse 1, it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over the Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you'll carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them into the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there until this day. And then over in verse 20, And those twelve stones which they took up out of the Jordan did Joshua pitch at Gilgal, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you might fear, meaning respect, the Lord your God forever. I want to read that verse 24 again. That all the people... That all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that ye might fear, respect the Lord your God forever. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful, Lord, for your sacred word. And Lord, for these next few moments, Lord, I pray this not be just a, a sermonette, not just be words that we hear. Not just be a sermon about you, but Lord, we hear a word from you, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would allow me to just be exposed this morning. That, Lord, you would decrease me so that you could increase. That way, Lord, we would not merely hear words about you. But, Lord, we would hear words from you. 
Lord, today, if there's somebody here lost in need of you, I pray this could be the moment of salvation. If somebody is lost, I, I pray today they could be found. If somebody today, Lord, is living in the darkness, Lord, I pray that your light will be revealed to them. Now, Lord, just be with the reading of your word, and we have the assurance and the promises of knowing that your word will never return void. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Joshua, the story is in the stones. The story is in the stones. Listen, a, a memorial helps us keep a memory of some significant things that happen in our lives. In a biblical sense, a memorial is a sacrifice. It is a monument. It's an event. It brings us into remembrance of some things that God has done. God knew that we would have a tendency to forget that we might oftentimes suffer from spiritual uh, amnesia. That's how, why we have uh, memorials. The word memorial in Scripture comes from a word that literally means to prick. It means to prick. It means to pierce. It means to, to penetrate the memory of. And all throughout the Bible, God has ordained that there would be memorials. Remember the rainbow, the stone tablets with the commandments written on them, the jar of manna that was kept in the ark, circumcision, communion, baptism, uh, the cross, and we could go on and on. And this morning, that the text and the verses that we read, they represent to us a time that, that God is going to interconnect with man. We know by studying the Israelites that the promised land pilgrims, they are in the suburbs of the promised land. Their dreams are, are getting ready to come true. They have reached the Jordan River. The priests are standing there and they are, they are pulling some stones out. And these 12 stones are going to represent uh, each tribe of Israel. These 12 stones are going to represent the rite of passage that they are fixing to go through. The, these 12 stones are going to represent the sacred as well as the divine. These 12 stones are going to represent a transition from them wandering to a place of stability. These 12 stones are going to represent a memorial to God and not a memorial to man. Because these stones are going to be evidence that something happened at that place. Stones of evidence that at that spot, God had been there. Stones of evidence that at that place, the people of God interconnected at that river and God did something supernatural amongst his people. To somebody and anybody, it would just be a pile of stones, but uh, to the ones that were there, they would be able to know that there are a story in those stones because they were there when the river looked uncrossable. They were there when the impossible looked to not be possible. They were there at the dead end of life in the journey of their soul. It looked like there would be no hope at all. But in that moment, God interconnected with them. God met them at that point of need. And God did the supernatural amongst them. And the text indicates that one day their children are going to come back and perhaps they're going to visit the river, maybe to play or to swim or to drink. And the text lets us know that the children are going to ask, what 
do those stones mean to you? What do those stones mean to you? That is why these rocks were put here. That is why these rocks that we read about in Scripture this morning are there. They are there as a memorial of faith, a memorial of the supernatural at work in a place that seemed impossible, a memorial that reminded them where man couldn't, God could, a memorial that reminded them that they had passed from death to life, from a hope perceived to a hope received, from talking about milk and honey to drinking milk and honey. And so this morning, very quickly, I want us just to drive ourselves down memory lane. Because maybe this morning, many of us, we are living our lives and sometimes we don't remember where we've come from or who it is that's got us to where we are today. You know, the one thing that was interesting about that illustration is a lot of times older people have a hard time. I've, I've been around a lot of seniors, and I'm, I'm not picking at them or anything, but, but oftentimes seniors can't even remember what they ate for breakfast. They don't remember what happened even yesterday. But if you were to sit down with some of the older people, some of the seniors, they, they can tell you how mom and dad raised them. They can tell you of a day that they were pinching pennies and making ends meet. Seniors can tell you about some bean soup and cornbread. Seniors can tell you about some whippings that they had or, or some things that happened in their life because they may not have short-term memory, but seniors have got great long-term memory. And so this morning, I, I want us to, first of all, just kind of look at the, the long term. I want us to understand this morning that memorial, uh, these stones of remembrance, they, they, they need to remind us that God's been at work in our lives, that God has been at work in our past. You know, are your children asking, what do these stones mean? Mama, what was it like when you first gave your life to Jesus? Our children today in the Christian world, those of us that go to church, our children ought to begin to ask us at a certain age. For some of them, it'll all be different. But they ought to say, what was it like, Mom and Dad, to get baptized? What was it like when you got baptized? What was it like when you joined the church? Why did you join the church, Mom and Dad? Why, why did you get baptized? Why did you get saved? Our children ought to be asking us these questions. And we ought to have memorials built that we can answer these questions with an emphatic uh, an assured answer for what's going on in life. And we need to be able to go back and we need to be able to tell them, this is why I got saved. This is when I got saved. This is when I got baptized. Whether it was a creek or whether it was a river or whether it was in church, we ought to be able to ask these questions that God was active in our yesterday. When were the Spirit with you and really got a hold of you? What, what, what happened, Mom and Dad, in your heart? I mean, can you go back and recall uh, when you were a sinner? What was it like to live without God? And now I can see that you live with God. Why do you live for God? You know, I think a lot of times we are secret service Christians. And we don't need no secret service Christians in our world today. We need Christians that are living their lives, that are talking about the past activity of Almighty God. We need to tell our children unashamed 
vehemently that, hey, we were a sinner. We made mistakes, but the God's activity in our life convicted us of sin, and we dropped to our knees, and we got saved, and our lives were changed. And the reason why we follow God and the reason why we go to church is because God was active in our past, and God taught us some things in our past that we would have never have learned apart from God. You see, today, I, I believe we have a lot of people, I, I hear parents say, and I hope there's nobody here this morning, but, but they'll say, well, we're going to let our children just figure it out. Cool parents. Well, they can go to church if they want to go to church. You know what? My mom and dad, if I gave that, excuse, they'd have grabbed me by the, he don't got no hair, but listen, they would have grabbed, they would have grabbed me by the head, and they would have just took me to church, whether I liked it or not. See, children, sometimes they ain't old enough to make decisions. How many of y'all remember how dumb you were? How many of y'all were big booger pickers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. You were dumb. When you're a child, you're, you're, I mean, I'm not meaning that our children are probably in children's church right now over there learning and stuff. But listen, listen, when we're a child, we don't learn some things. And so sometimes it requires some discipline. You can't always be cool. Let them make the decision. You know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I mean, unless I had a fever like above 102, I, I was going to be drugged to church. There, there was no doubt about it. Mom didn't care if I got anything or not. You were going to sit there beside her. And if you were to even make a squeal or make a sound, I mean, you'd have a back slap. Y'all know what a back slap is? Back slap is when you get the back of the hand. Boom! You know how, how many times in 18 years my dad hit me? He just hit me one time. That's it. He just hit me one time, and that's all he needed to hit me. Because, I mean, after that, I mean, I mean I, he never had to hit me again. It was just one time. Now, Mom was different. She enjoyed whipping me, so she'd whip me for nothing. She'd just look at me and say, boy, you want a whipping? I'm going to give you a whipping. I mean, she just enjoyed it, you know. But Dad, Dad was different. I mean, Dad, dad was very just, you know, didn't, didn't really react too much, but when he reacted... You just knew that there was something that you had done. But listen, we, we need to remember. We need to look at stones and we need to know that there's stories. You know, we need to remember before we had two cars and a truck and a boat and a motorcycle, we need to remember that we didn't even have a car. All we had was a tricycle. All we had was a bike. All we had was some walking shoes. See, see, sometimes we need to remember that God has blessed us to be where we are. I mean, sometimes we need to remember that we haven't always been where we are today. Some of us remember what it was like to work two and three jobs. Some of us remember what it was like to, like I say, to do those beans and cornbread and, and pennies. And, and some of us remember what it was like to go through the difficult times and to go through the hard times. But we went through all of those things. We know that God was with us. God was active. Some of us have even deeper testimonies. We need to remember when we were on drugs, when we were on alcohol, when we were doing this or when we were doing that, that God delivered us. We didn't get to the day all by ourselves. We didn't marry who we married just because we were smart. I mean, God has blessed us. God has seen us through. God has given us our living. God has given us our being. You know, some of us could have been wiped out a long time ago, but here we are. Some of us know what it's like to be sick. We know what it's like to be healed. Some of us know what it's like to be broke, but here we sit here today, at least we got a couple dollars. Some of us know what it's like to just run on empty. Now we don't ever run on empty because we always got the money to keep the tank full. Listen, all I'm trying to say is we need to be able to look back in our lives and we need to know that God has blessed us, even in a more serious era. Some of us thought we would never get past some of the things that we went through. 
You can go back as many years as you want. I won't recall any of the years that some of us thought our lives were over with. Some of us wondered if we would ever make it, but somehow, some way, we made it here. I told them in the first service, I used some of these lighthouse ladies as a testimony. Sometimes some of the things they went through, they would have wondered if they would have ever got out of whatever it is they went through, but they've been able to get through, and they've been able to go through, and they've been able to show up in the church of God today knowing that God has done things in their life. You know what? There's been times in my life that I wondered if I'd ever wake up the next morning. And I know you've got those experiences. Some of us have got more experiences than others. There's been times that I, that I wondered if I was going to make it. There's been times I couldn't see the light. There's been times I couldn't even see the sunshine. There's been times that I was so wiped out, I had no idea how I was going to make it. But I can look back over my life now, and I can know that God has carried me, that God has blessed me. And I've got stones after stones after stones. Today, Jeff, we don't coordinate music very often, but he sung that first song today about how who the sun sets free is free indeed, and that that sun is going to have a home up in heaven, the Father's mansion. That's difficult for us, but you know what? I, I remember that song was a song that we sung over four years ago at my son's funeral. And I can tell you driving over here and getting ready to deliver that message, that morning, I had no idea how I'd get through that message I had no idea how any of us would get through that message. But you know what I've learned four years later? I've certainly learned how to build a memorial, and I've certainly learned that there's a story in the stone. And you know what? I, I sometimes say, I was actually just discussing this a couple of days ago with some people. You know, I, if somebody came up to me and asked me for some deep, uh, some kind of Greek or some kind of uh, Hebrew, some kind of counselor theology or doctrine. They said, hey, how do you get through? And, and, and I'm not just talking about me. I'm, I'm talking about you as well. And your testimony might be the same testimony. How do you get through those things that you're going through? You know what I would say? I mean, outside of God and all those spiritual answers, here's what I've learned. You got to learn. This ain't going to be deep for some of y'all. I know y'all looking for much more, but I'm not that deep. Listen, you just learn to put one foot in front of another. And you put the next foot in front of another. And you put the next foot in front of another. And before long, you notice that God is interceding for you. And it's not you walking, it's God walking. It's not your strength, it's God's strength. It's not your ability, it's God's ability. And you know what, today, I, I think a lot of our lives, especially some of you, I'm not talking to silver spoon saints. I'm not talking to people that's always been. If you're a silver spoon saint, you ain't going to get none of this, okay? But you'll get there. You'll get there. Come back next year. We might preach the same text, and you'll be there next year. Okay, listen. Listen, but I'm talking about people who's been through some stuff. Some of you have probably been through divorce, and you probably wonder when you went through divorce if life would ever change. We have people around us right now that are going through divorce, and it's very difficult. It's difficult on the family. It's difficult on the persons. It's, it's just difficult. And I ain't never been there, so I can't tell that, but I would say probably what they do is they pick them up and put them down, one foot in front of another every day. I've seen a lot of people get cancer and diseases, and they only give so long to live. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that how you get through those things, outside of God and, 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 and those big, cliche, spiritual words, you, you learn to put one foot in front of another. It doesn't mean life's right. doesn't mean life's good. doesn't mean life's perfect. But you just sometimes have to learn in life that you just put one foot in front of another. 
Some of us today, we had, I had, had several today, I was going out and I had several of the homeless people just come up to me and just hug me and uh, a couple of them were veterans and it's really kind of cool, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to go into everything, but listen, it was really just kind of cool, but they just said, you know what, when we come to this church, we just always get a word of encouragement. And I just thought, you know what, this ought to be an encouraging place. But you know what the devil does? He, 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 he gets us to not tell our testimonies. And we've got a testimony. Everybody in this room, you've got a testimony. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care how raw it is. You need to, you need to tell your testimony, and your testimony will be you. Sometimes you wonder, well, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with what I've been through. Let me tell you what, if God takes you into it, then somehow, some way, you're going to live it. You're going to outlive it. And when you outlive it, you're going to need to be able to tell the story that, hey, it wasn't me. It was all God that somehow, some way, I put them in front of each other long enough that I can tell you by looking back over my past, I didn't get here because of me. I didn't get here because of money. I didn't get here because of materialistic possessions. I got here because God showed up and he interconnected with me and I can look back over my life not because everything has been good but because I know God is good and I know when I was weak he was strong. When I couldn't see God could see me and God got me through what it is I was going through. That's what you need to remember. That's what you need to have a memorial for. Some of you seniors here, you're going through difficult days. I'm, I'm just on that cutting, cutting edge. Last night we were walking downtown kind of trying to stall for some time and there was a quarter on the floor and Julie was going to the bathroom and I seen already that it was glued because I'd already tried to pick it up. And if they had a camera, I was trying to get that quarter the best I could. I was kicking it. I was about to get the drill out. I mean, I was going for that quarter. But I could see I didn't have the tools equipped to get that quarter. And so Julie come out, and I said, oh, honey, there's a quarter. Pick it up. And she wasn't going for it. Because you know why she wasn't going for it? Because she done been around me long enough to know that I'd have got that quarter. I'd have got the quarter. I'll pick up a penny. Somebody throw a penny, I'll pick up a penny. You know what I'm saying? Because you get enough pennies, they equal dollars. You get enough dollars, they equal 10, and they equal 20, they equal 50. But listen, you need to have a memory in your life. And you need to know, because when those difficult times show up, here's the crazy thing for me, and I, I'm just speaking just, just for a moment, just for me. Okay, this is just for me. This ain't, this ain't preacher talk. This ain't even in the notes. This is just for me. But when I have had moments that were so far out of my head, I can't explain them, never agreed with them. They were just way beyond me. Here's what I noticed in my life, that I'd done been in church enough, and I'd done seen enough of God, and I'd done seen enough stories and heard enough of your stories or whatever, that I just knew somewhere, some way, that God was going to show up. And that I didn't know how I was going to make it. But I knew I was going to make it as long as I just simply trusted God. I didn't know what the outcome was. You see, if you ever get in one of those places where you're in the emergency rooms of life, you've got some kind of diagnosis or disease or whatever it may be, and it's beyond your control, 
Little days like this, they're going to show up. You're going to remember. You're going to say, you know what, I, I remember that. You know what, I really couldn't use it that day, that Memorial Day there on, on 2023. I couldn't really remove, use it that day. But you know what, I, I remembered about a preacher. You, you may not even know my name then, but you, you're going to say, you know what, I remember about a preacher telling a story. That there was a story in those stones. And the story in the stones is that God interconnects with his people. And that God blesses us and God gives us the strength. Let me, just, let me just close with this. In verse 24, we read it twice this morning, but uh, not only do we need to have that God showing up in the past, but we also need to know about his mighty power in the present as well as the future. You see, if the power of God has healed your body, it's also able to free your mind if the power of God not only saves your soul, but it gives you some sanity. How many of y'all got some sanity this morning? The power of God not only blesses you, but it enlarges your territory. The power of God not only holds you up, but it gives you joy for the journey. It's not only working out our yesterdays, but he's working out our todays, and he's working out our tomorrows. And I just want to challenge you with this. If God has ever healed you, and I know we've got testimonies today that God's healed you. When you first got diagnosed, you, you didn't think you was going to make it, but God healed you. you. You need to build a memorial. And you need to have a memorial. You, you need to have a, a story in the stone that you can go back to someday. And you can tell other people. If God has ever delivered you, you, you need to build a memorial. If God has ever filled you, you need to build a memorial. If God has ever financially just given you something, you need to build a memorial. Or blessed you, build a memorial. And all those trials and tribulations and troubles you've gone through, don't be a secret service Christian. Because I'm telling you, our world today, we need to hear people that will testify to where they've been. You know, a lot of times people, they, they, they trip out when Christians get real. That's, that's the problem. A lot of Christians ain't real. They think we grew up in church, and they think we've always been churchy, and they think Christians don't go through nothing. At least a lot of the world does. And so they, they just think we go sit in church and sing Kumbaya, and we ain't never been through nothing. But listen, when we go through something, I guarantee you this, whether you vocalize your testimony or not, if you ever go through something and God interconnects with you, just like he did for the Israelites there at the Jordan. Whether you vocalize your testimony or not, if you live your life for God, people will notice. They will notice. It ain't going to be in the words you say. You're not going to be braggadocious or prideful or anything, but they will, they will watch you. And the reason why they're watching you, because that's, that's, that's interesting what it says there in that 24th verse. It says that all the people of the earth doesn't say some of the people of the earth. doesn't say that the people that it applies to. It says that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that ye might fear, respect the Lord forever. Amen. You see, when you understand God things, and you understand that, hey, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be flopping to and fro and here and there. And I'm not going to be all those things. 
Because, see, you you got to get to a place that you've built up enough memorials, that, that you have enough of God. All these rocks represented the 12 tribes of Israel, but, but in all of these stones, there were stories. And these children ask you, you need to be able to tell them that, look, look, this isn't up for debate. I know there's a God. I, I, I can't explain it. I can't tell you all the things about creation. I, I know that before there was nothing, there was something, and God was behind it all. And he swung the stars out in space, and he taught the sun how to be warm and rivers how to babble. But listen, that's not in debate because I'm going to tell you, I know, but I know, but I know, but I know there is a God. I know that God's word. Word is unquestionable, that it is concrete, it is absolute, it is authoritative. We're not going to take a, a political poll. It's not up for opinions. I'm just going to tell you, this is how I know. You've got to have assurances. You better have assurances, especially in this world today. Because this world today, I'm going to tell you what, this world will try to siphon off everything we believe, everything we stand for. They will try to sow seeds of doubt. People today, they're saying there's many ways to God. The God I serve, same God you serve, we'll get to heaven together. No, no, no. The Bible says the only way to get to heaven is through Christ Jesus, his son. And if you don't meet Christ Jesus, his son, in this world, you're going to bust hell wide open. And we need to be telling our children, just like this text says, when they ask us questions, man, there aren't many ways to God. There's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. And God didn't make multiple genders neither, by the way. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to get lost on that, but listen, God made male and he made female. And I know the world today has hundreds of genders, but listen, there's male and female. You know, you get that right, you can actually reproduce. You don't get that right, you can't reproduce. So something to be wrong. Most all of us would never be here if that was up for debate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, there's just things this world today has gotten very corrupt on. And I know sometimes you're going to get in trouble for some of these things as a preacher today. Somebody will tell me sometimes, you can't say that anymore, preacher. You know what? I'm going to say it. Because you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to tell you what God's word says. That's not my opinion. That's not, that's not my opinion, okay? That, 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 I didn't come up with that. I mean, I mean, first of all, I'm not that smart, but look, I, I didn't come up with that. God created. That's God the creator that created that. And even if you're an atheist, you ought to sit down and stop and step back and just understand the biological thing and the scientific thing and not even the spiritual thing. You ought to be able to understand that this is how it is. But we live in a world today, and that's just one of thousands of things we could talk about. But listen, you better be telling your children some concrete truths Amen. about God's word today, and they better be digging in it for themselves. Because let me tell you what, if, and you may think, well, I'm not going to expose them. They're already exposed. They're already exposed. Today, we got five-year-olds to be exposed. You know, I can say a few more things I won't, but listen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you it's so important to have stories in these stones of life to which you and I live. Let's stand, let's pray.